Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. No matter how dope you are, you need God. Listen up. So, for me personally, it's like this. You know, of course, I've gone through my growth stages in life spiritually. You know, when I was a little younger... I might have been a little different, you know what I'm saying? I might have been a little more foolish, right? And we're going to just take the word Mike out of there. I was definitely more foolish. I thank God for growth, you know, especially the past, what, seven, eight years for myself personally, uh, just growing spiritually and things. If you knew me before that, you probably got a whole different idea of who I am and all of those things because I'm human. I wasn't, you know, just born super mature or perfect or complete. It took a process. A process. That's why we talk so much about the process on this show. I'm not one of those people that think I've arrived or I'm so great. I know that I'm flawed. But at the same time, I'm not trying to remake the same mistakes that I made in life. You get what I'm saying? And so in that way, life is about growth. I say that to say because I can remember like being in high school and you know, being a lot more maybe foolish and arrogant you know, and especially college, you know, I got a little arrogant in college for sure. And one of the things when you're humbled by God and when God takes you through a growth process, you start realizing like, bro, I'm just human. So even with the gifts that God has given me, the things that I may be good at or talented or gifted or whatever it may be, um, those things are going to come to an end one day because I'm not God. So I need God. And I believe that's why it's so appropriate for Christians to deny ourselves in order to come before the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to deny who we are, you know? So you might be the cutest person on the block, but you can't come to God with the cutest person on the block mentality. You got to leave that at home. And I'll tell you an interesting way that I've thought through this, you know, as I read through the Bible. And it's, I love certain people in the Bible where we're able to see their life from an early age until they're, you know, grown or, you know, even when they're old. And the reason that I like that is because it always humbles me. I'll give you an example. You know, we read about David and many of us look at David from the standpoint of, you know, slaying Goliath when he's powerful and Growing in young and, you know, growing into to a warrior. And we know him as a king. We even know his mistakes. But one of the things that, like, always stuck out to me, um, 1 Kings 1 and 1. And I'm reading from the NLT. I'm just going to read one scripture. Because this, even though it's just one scripture that may even feel randomly placed, for me, it's such a powerful scripture in the context of what I'm talking about today. Here's what it says. King David was now very old, and no matter how many blankets covered him, he could not keep warm. Now, I know that sounds like a random scripture, like, what does that got to do with anything? Is it because it's wintertime, you know, approaching amongst us in Michigan, and people in the Midwest are already seeing snow? And I'm paranoid because I want to keep warm. No, that's, that's not, not it. it. But that's not it. The reason that scripture stuck out to me in my reading of the word is because it showed a man that we had saw in all of his majesty and all of his glory as a king and a warrior. And even he got old. Even he got to the point where he was sick, where, you know, no matter how many blankets they covered him with. 
he could not keep warm. And I'm saying that to say one of the things that humbled me is that, you know, and kind of stops me from being a person that's always bragging about myself or always trying to show what I'm doing or, oh, look at me. Oh, look at that. Oh, I'm so dope. Oh, yeah. No, man, like, regardless, I need God. If King David can at some point become a weak and vulnerable man, who am I to think that, you know, I'm invincible? And I think sometimes unconsciously, we walk around this world as if we're invincible. And we walk around as if like, you know, because maybe you cute right now. (laughs) Maybe you strong right now. Maybe you are a warrior right now. But you need God to save you all of your life. We're going to always need God's grace and his mercy and his love, his forgiveness, even in those majestic moments. And so for me, you know, it's a little scary to think of elevating myself to some point. You know, when you look at David, him making it to his old age is a blessing. So for all of us, it's like, to get to the point where we can say that we're old is a blessing. But then when you get there, you got to be old. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And I guess I just don't want to wait until later in life to realize that I need God now. I know you young and fabulous and fine and beautiful. And we see it on social media all the time. Like I keep telling y'all, everybody fine. You look good. All y'all, you look good. Everybody look good. Because we act like that's the only thing that sums us up these days is how good we look and winking in the camera. And, you know, it's just all the little weird stuff we do on social media is interesting to me. And it makes us slightly narcissistic. But, um, hey, no matter how dope you are, no matter how fine you are, no matter how cute you are, you need Jesus. 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 Guys, people, what in the world is up with these people that I saw today that was trying to steal something and change their mind right in the middle of stealing something and getting caught all at the same time? All right, so let me break this down for you. This was like just, it just had me gone. Like, first of all, I really feel like God really came through for them. In this moment, have you ever been like about to mess up? Like you thinking about messing up and God hit you with the warning sign right when you about to mess up. All right. So let me tell you what's going on. So I'm in a line at this store today. And um, can I say the name of this store? Sometimes just so y'all know, um, because in my corporate role, you know, we have um, a lot of clients or you know, potential future clients. So sometimes when you hear me talk about stores or restaurants or places I was at, you know, I have to, you know, use common sense and a little bit of wisdom. I don't want to be going off on somebody on my podcast and then, you know, thousands of people here to show and one of the people mess around and be like an executive from one of these places that I'm doing business with and ruin my opportunities for business. So that's why sometimes I don't tell you the name of the places I am. And it doesn't impact the story. You know what I'm saying? You don't really got to know where I'm at. Get out my business. Get out of my, oh, my bad. I lost it on y'all. I just snapped on y'all. So I'm in the store and this line was super long. I was probably like in line for like 30 minutes. So, you know, you bored in line anyway. It's like, I don't know if, I mean, it's the beginning of November. I guess people already in Christmas mode. I thought we usually wait till the last minute. You know what I'm saying? To be doing our Christmas shopping. But some of y'all little overachievers out at the stores early. So I'm in a line for over 30 minutes, but I found this nice picture that I like anyway for my office. So I'm in line. And so I'm just looking around and you know, you hear the little alarm things in the store going off. First of all, do those things ever work? Because I've never actually today might've been the first time that I ever seen the little buzzers at the door go off when something was really going down. Usually the buzzers go off. And you look and there's some person like patting themselves and looking down at their bag and they walking back and forth through the thing again. Because let's be real, it's embarrassing. 
You know what I'm saying? It make you look like you stole something even when you didn't. As a matter of fact, when I was walking into the store, the buzzer was going off and it was a family full of people doing that very thing, looking down at themselves, looking at the bag, looking back at the cashier like, can I go? You know what I'm saying? It's just embarrassing. So I thought, you know what I'm saying, that this was another one of those situations uh, when I was in line, but it wasn't going down like that. It was, it looked like, okay, I'm going to just, can I just create the scenery how I want it to be? It was a guy and a girl, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like that was a baby mama and a baby daddy. Is that wrong? Maybe that's wrong. Like, that's real wrong for me to say that. But in my mind, that's his baby mama. And, you know, they've been together a long time, but they ain't trying to get married yet. Anyway, I don't know why I said that. I apologize. Like, I shouldn't have said that. But it's, I, it's out there now. You done heard it. Forgive me if this is you. Like, I still love you. So... They going out of the store with all their little stuff. You know what I'm saying? They had a cart full of things, a whole bunch of bags, and a buzzer just a buzzing, just bang, 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 bang. And I'm looking like, oh, okay, what, you know, what y'all got going on? I'm thinking they going to be the typical little situation. Oh, no, not them. Like, but I want to give a little shout out to them for this. The buzzer's going off, right? Everybody's looking at them. It's literally... 55 to 60 people in line. This is a long line. Everybody's looking at them, and my man kind of looked left, looked right, and this is what he did. He grabbed all his bags up out that cart, and they got the heck up out that store. Here's the thing that we all noticed in the line once they walked out of the store. It was a nice brand new pair of Nikes in the cart under all of their bags. Now, I ain't saying they was trying to steal it, <laughs> but I'm just saying it didn't look like the shoes was there by mistake. So I'm looking like, oh, okay. Y'all got the whole little, little, nice little Air Max. And I'm like, okay, I see what they was trying to do. They bought all the stuff and they thinking like, okay, we gonna buy all this stuff, put the bag on top of these little pair of shoes and we gonna get up out of Dodge. I guess they wasn't realizing, oh no, these shoes got a little security tablet on them, bruh. Like, these shoes are covered. Oh, can I preach? Do y'all want me to preach this thing? Let's just go ahead and turn this into a message. The devil thought he had me. Oh, butter. I was covered, yeah. Covered, yeah. Listen up, folks. Sometimes, you know what I'm saying, you can't see the little security tab. But God came through for them because that buzzer went off and um, they got up out of there. They ain't wait for the cops to come. They ain't wait for loss prevention, uh, security, nobody. They was up out of there and out of the store and all the cashier could do was look at the shoes and shake their head. So I don't know what in the world is wrong with those people. And I don't know what in the world is wrong with people who try to steal stuff, period. Let me tell y'all something. Stealing just ain't the way to go. First of all, you're not trying to be like the devil, are you? Because we know that he came to steal, kill, and, and destroy. You know what I'm saying? I almost said in Detroit. God forgive me. You know what I'm saying? That's my city. I love y'all out there. Steal, kill, and Detroit. Come on, Detroit. We got to do better. Let's clean up this crime out here in these streets. Anyway, we don't want to be like the devil. Stealing ain't good, man, because here's my issue with stealing. It's never worth it. Like, had they got caught with those pair of shoes, it's like, who wants to, you spent $250 on other stuff anyway. Why you want to get in, listen, we was in, look, come on, bro. It ain't, I'm just trying to tell y'all, stealing ain't never worth it. When you get away, you don't feel good. And when you get caught, you don't feel good. Look, either way it go, you ain't going to feel good. Buy the shoes. If you can't afford something, work for it, pray for it, do whatever you got to do legally and legit. But stealing just ain't the way to go. Stealing bothers me because people work hard for their things. And you know what I'm saying? You just don't. And it's embarrassing. Can I be honest with y'all? Like, even them looking at them, I'm like, come on, cuz. You got to be out here representing us like this in the suburb. Come on. Anyway, 
I don't know what in the world is wrong with them. It's time to get social. Let's get social. It's time to get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Guys, people, it's time to head over to my Facebook page. Yeah. It's time to head over to my Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's look at a couple of posts real quick then. Um, let's see the first one I want to look at. Oh, we'll start here. This post had 166 likes, 46 comments, and 18 shares. And I want to add, before I say this, that I was joking. It was a joke. Don't get offended, okay? Here's what I said. Some people been clowns all year and got the nerve to put on a costume today. Then I put a little clown emoji at the end of that. You know what I'm saying? I put a little emphasis on it. Um, That's pretty straightforward. Y'all know what day that was. Holiday that I don't celebrate personally, but I like to joke around just a little bit. You know, sometimes jokes are cool, right? I don't know. I've always liked comedy, you know, so you can hate me for it. I apologize. I want to remain friends. Don't stop listening to the show because I joke sometimes on social media. Okay, here's a good one. You know, since y'all mad about the little joke, I'm gonna just I'm gonna get real serious on you real quick. This post had 95 likes, 124 comments, and four shares. Here's what I ask. Sometimes I just ask a question. Why do some people only comment on your posts? When they disagree. This is an interesting thing to me because I've been noticing that there are certain people who like literally don't say nothing to me on social media. Like I say a lot of stuff and I'm a pretty balanced person between joking and being serious. Like I tell people often, I am both the most serious person you will ever meet with. I can talk. And I'm also the silliest person you'll ever meet. That's just how I am. You know what I'm saying? And I try to balance it out. And I don't know. It's, it's who I am, man. It's who God made me. And I'm cool with it. But, you know, sometimes I'm going to be serious. Sometimes I'm going to be silly. But I notice with all the little balance and different types of posts that I make, there are certain people who only have something to say to me when it's something they disagree with. Now. I don't have a problem with people disagreeing with me, but it's also the way that people do it that I can kind of sense that there's some type of tension. And the thing about me is like, again, I'm cool with talking through things. And like, if you have logic and examples, but if you just come on my page mad, like it's pointless for us to be social media friends to me. Like it just really is. So I asked this question and I'm going to share a couple of, you know, the comments and what people said, you know, in answering my question as to why people do this. So let's choose a couple of random ones. There was a lot of comments. Of course, you had people joking on my post like, I disagree, Vincent Tinch. I disagree with this statement. I had a couple of people like that. It's all love. And um, I think that's hilarious sometimes. So uh, my boy Gabe Parker said, I'm about to tag him. <laughs> Gabe going to tag the people that's doing it. He out of his mind. Shawnee Horn says, oh, that's easy. Those are the people that really don't care for you overall and are generally talking down and think ill of you. They revel in the opportunity to, dis to display that you're wrong about something. I don't know. I actually think she's pretty um, legit and on point with that, if you want me to be real. Kiara James says, because they don't actually like you. Again, saying the same thing, and I will have to find myself agreeing with that Lance Washington calls them negative Nancy's, which I saw that a couple of times on this post. And, you know, who am I? I never heard of that phrase before, but I guess negative Nancy is really a thing because a few people said it. All right, let's do a couple more. Ebony Nicole says a scornful spirit. Keely Price says I'm trying to figure it out myself. Jonathan Hodges. Bro, I'd be so confused. LOL. I don't mind disagreement from time to time. They will literally get on there to make you seem controversial, judgmental, argumentative causing the loss to stay lost and just a bad Christian. I'd be like, bruh, or sis, 
So Jonathan ain't feeling it at all. Uh, Adam, I'm not going to mess up your last name. Sheringer says, haters going to hate. Wilson Malik James says, some folk use your stage for their performance. A lot of all of those are true. And that last one, some folks use your stage for their performance. I've wondered this sometimes. Is it just because people don't have the attention or, or the audience on their page and they see a post with a lot of comments and they like, yo, I'm about to jump on here. Listen up, folks. Regardless of what your reason is, you know, I'm not saying you have to just agree with people. But if you are a person that is just on social media looking for posts that you disagree with, and those are the ones that you just ready and willing to pour your heart out, then I don't know, like Lance Washington said, maybe you are a negative Nancy or a negative, can't think of an N word for a guy's name, negative Ned. There you go. Don't be a negative Ned. Or I'm just going to unfriend you. And I don't even say that to be mean or rude or whatever, but it's like I have to protect my space. You know what I mean? I'm on social media with a purpose. You know, that's why I bring these conversations to this show. I'm really trying to talk to people, engage people, and kind of have some productivity behind the conversations that we have. So if you're always negative, you got to go. God's people, it is time for the J. Will Music Song of the Day. When we come back, we will get into part two of my interview with Elder Michael Holloway on the rise of the Hebrew Israelites. You do not want to miss part two of that conversation. But right now, it's time to listen to Darius James from his album, We Want Your Glory, hashtag WWYG. The song I'm playing today is called You Are God Alone, the live arrangement, because he has an acoustic version of this song on the album. And this is the song that I saw online that was everyone's favorite song. So I'm like, I'm going to play it on the show. It was a lot of songs listed as favorites, but this was the one that I saw the most. So you are God alone. WWYG.
That is the live arrangement. If you don't have Darius's album, what are you waiting for, people? He had over 30,000 streams in his first month of the album being released. So in all seriousness, thank you to everybody who's going to checking out my brother's music. But look, y'all, now it is time to get into part two of the interview we started last week with Elder Mike Holloway. We're having a conversation about the rise of the Hebrew Israelites. And thank you so much uh, for those who listened last week. We got a lot of great responses. I think you are going to enjoy the conclusion of this conversation. And you know, who knows? We might have to get Elder Mike back sometime soon because there was a lot to talk about. 10-minute interviews to inspire you. Maybe 12 minutes, give or take a few. We just trying to make a greater you. Now tell me how we met. Where you from? Tell me what you like. Or maybe it was love. So, let me ask you this. You know, when, when I'm reading the word, right? Now, now this is me. I'm sure a Hebrew Israelite would tell me why I'm so wrong and why I'm, you know, right. you ain't getting it. I'm reading the word and I'm reading the writings of Paul and this stuff is clear to me. Yes. As it breaks down, you know, now we're bringing in Gentiles, right? Now now we're talking about you know being being saved through Christ and how it's open to anyone. Yes. That and and you don't have to you don't have to go and kill a cattle no more to get right with God and right. You know, Romans 12 talks about being a living sacrifice. Yes. And, and, and so when I'm reading these things, right, am I tripping? <laughs> or, or, or am I reading these scriptures correctly in the fact that it doesn't matter, you know, whether you were original Hebrew or not, that now you can be saved through Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And so there are two factions, right? You have a sect of Hebrew Israelites who believe that the Gentile nations, which are all other nations can be, can get salvation. Okay. However, they believe in what is called a hierarchy. The Gentile nations can be saved, but they will be subservient to the Israelites in the kingdom. Okay. They'll be our servants. Wow. They'll serve us through the kingdom. Then the other sects, side of it says the Gentiles have no salvation, right? And these are the more radical groups. We just like they brought us and raped our children and, and, and took our wives and beat us and murdered us. We're going to do the same thing back to them. You know, you have some, and And I've heard them say that. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. No, no, no. You're fine. I mean, I don't know if you want me, I can name some of these groups. That's fine. But you've got these groups such as Sakari. Okay. Right. IUIC. These are some of your more radical groups. I mean, they will curse a Caucasian individual who walks past them out. They will tell them, you know what? Your daughter, I'm going to rape your daughter in the kingdom. And I mean, it's just. I've seen, I've, I've watched the videos. I've seen it. And, I, and, and so, you know, I, I think it's important, right? We're not saying anything that's not out there. Absolutely. That, that, that's, gen, that's what they believe genuinely. Yes. So. So, so how do they explain 
Paul. Now I, I have an idea of this because I've, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've, I've researched some of this myself. I know some individuals who are in it. I've asked certain questions. How do they explain away the writings of Paul? That to me, and, and I'll, I'll share this with you. When I read the Bible, there are certain things that are direct and they're clear, right? And and they're literal. It's right there in black and white. Yes. And then there are certain things when we read the word, you know, that the word doesn't doesn't tell me uh, what brand of headphones to buy for the podcast. Right. right? It's, it's not there. You know what I mean? Right. So, now, now I can make the decision if a certain brand engraves a, a picture of Lucifer or who they perceive Lucifer to, to be or Satan to be. I can decide, you know what, as a believer, I don't want those in my studio. Right. But but there's no scripture I can go to and say, and Joshua five and six says. Right. But but then I go to some of these issues and I'm like, wait a minute. Paul seems to be specifically speaking to this. How are we ignoring this? How are they ignoring the writings of Paul or how would they explain it and then tell us why the way they they are viewing it isn't right? Very good. Uh, and that's so important. So the, some of them outright reject the letters of Paul. Wow. They say Paul's, Paul went off. He wasn't inspired. They, they question his testimony of how he saw the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, on the road to Damascus. And they think he lied and made the whole thing up. And they question his letters. Now, now let, me, let me interject real quick. Yes, sir. Because I want us as a people to really reflect on ourselves. And, and I think this is important. Just because something doesn't line up with what you believe emotionally, if mm. you reject it on that alone, how can you ever claim it to be the truth? Talk. That's so true. Because we all have flaws, right? So Absolutely. There, there may be a flaw that I have. And if you give me an opinion or a story that's like, this happened opposite. Like, no, nope, I don't believe it. Why? Support it. Nope. Exactly. Just because I don't think, I think you went off. And so I think we have to be careful when we when we treat the truth like it's based on our personal circumstance. Yes, sir. Very good point. So one of the verses they use is in the book of Second Peter, chapter number three, and I'm going to read it. Verse number 15 says, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother, Paul. And this is Peter talking. He says, according to the wisdom given to him has written to you as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures. So they believe that that verse applies to Christians. <laughs> we misunderstand Paul. And we're twisting his words to our own destruction. And they will tell you that Paul did not mean we were not under the law. Paul did not mean that, uh, as he says in Romans 7, I think verse number four, that says we are dead to the law, that we might be married to another. They don't believe that means that we're not legalistically bound to the things of the law. So they think that we're twisting Paul's words. Why did they choose that scripture? Is there any particular reason or is it just that it aligns with what they believe? Bottom line, it aligns with what they believe. Peter wasn't even talking about the law at all. That was nowhere in the context. So, so they have, a, I'm sure you've heard this, right? It's about precepts, Pre yeah. precept upon precept, line upon line. The, the error in their interpretative process is this. They first, we need to understand that man put in the scripture numbers. Yeah. The, the apostles didn't put the scriptures or the chapters in. We put those in to help us yeah, yeah. <laughs> be able to locate <laughs> passages without rolling up a scroll all day trying to look for what you're looking for. Exactly. So man did that. But what they'll do is they'll take a verse here and a verse way over here and a verse way over here and they'll bring them all together and build a doctrine. Listen, we can prove almost anything if we if, if that's our method of interpretation. I say this all the time. You have to be careful when you build a belief upon one scripture. Yes, sir. Because to the point that you just made, you know, I'll say this. It's like opening a book. 
If I gave you any book, it could be a children's novel. If you open it up and randomly grab three sentences out <laughs> of that book, you can make the book mean something that it never intended to mean. So I, I think what we're talking about here, guys, people, is we're talking about reading the scriptures within the proper context. Yes. That's an important part of all of this. If I just take a scripture because I want it to mean that my wife should let me buy these uh, Yeezys <laughs> like, for $300. Uh-huh. All right. You see this scripture here? Mm-hmm. You know, submit to the man. Right. <laughs> it, it, it has nothing to do with the Yeezys. Thank you. I just wanted to mean that. <laughs> so I love that you said that. So listen, guys, people, we have to understand and read these scriptures in context. And we can't just make something mean what we want it to mean. And, and, and let me ask you. So, so we know that they don't, that they, at least a, a portion of them, reject the teachings of Paul. You know, tell me as a Christian, why is that an issue? How different would Christianity be? How, how different would, would the gospel of Jesus Christ be without the writings of Paul? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's such a powerful question. And this is why it's so dangerous to reject scripture. Number one, the scripture says all scripture is inspired by God. When we reject scripture, we reject God. Yeah. So one of the things that if you're going to be a you can't be a Christian and say, but I only believe a certain amount of the books. Right. We have to take the full counsel of scriptures. And Paul's letters, Paul was the apostle primarily assigned to the Gentile nations, right? Yeah. We know Israel rejected Christ. And so Paul's letter specifically to Gentile nations who did not have uh, some of the upbringing that the Israelites had and his letters on how they should conduct themselves, how they should live, what they should follow. I mean, they're fundamental to all of our Christian growth and to remove those books are, um, it's certain, it's, it, I would have to consider that a heretical view. And when we say heretical, we simply mean this is a view that should be outright rejected because it is anti Christ. It is anti-Christian. Amen. And we can't be afraid of the whole Bible. And here's why I say that. I can remember being younger and not necessarily understanding all of scripture. And you might hear a passage of scripture that because you don't understand it, it can make you cringe. Why? Because you're an American living in the nineties. I was right. Right. And I was listening to the Bible as if it was written in 1996. (laughs) Yes, sir. And I think one of the things we have to be careful of is not to insert the Bible into our timeline. Yes. The Bible was written before America existed. Yes. So the culture and the eyes and the lens that you're reading it with a lot of times, with especially as a young believer or babe in Christ or someone who, who hasn't studied how to read scripture, you're reading the Bible from a biased perspective. Yes, sir. Like, like I'll, I'll put it this way. If you took, you know, let's fast forward 2000 years from now, they have a completely different uh, slang, jargon, everything. Right now they could read. I could say, hey, that's a dope jacket. (laughs) Now, had I written down, it's a dope jacket. 2000 years from now, you could imagine that someone who's never heard of dope being used in the sense of good or nice or sweet in the slang jargon that we use. They might say, oh, wait a minute. This man had a jacket, a drug jacket. He would put his drugs in the jacket and that's how he would. Like, we just got to be careful because it's like it it wasn't written now. You said something earlier about understanding the history. Yes. It's important to understand the history and and to go back and look at it. Now, I want to ask you something else. What does this mean for white people? Great question. So a great portion of them believe that white people come from Esau. Anybody know the story of the scriptures? You know, Abraham begot Isaac and Isaac and Rebecca had twins. 
one named Jacob and one named Esau. The scripture says that Esau was red and he was hairy. They believed that that red was because he, they saw the blood through the skin. Like, you know how yeah, if a Caucasian sure. person, you know, yeah, for he, sure. he turns red. Yep. And so somehow their theology tells them that these two twins, one of them was white. Wow. And one of them was black. Okay. And Esau, you go to scriptures that people take way out of context. And I think it's initially said in Malachi. And it's also restated by Paul in the book of Romans chapter nine. Jacob have I loved. And Esau ah. have I hated. Yeah. So God hates the white man. My goodness. Hates the white man. And the white man is going to pay for what he did to Jacob. Wow. And now they are relating that. Um, and this is a question. I'm not, you know, stating this. Are they relating that to the fact that they believe that the transatlantic slave trade that's a big part of this history. So is that where they're or why they believe that, you know, this is part of it? Absolutely. Part of the curse. And, and the, the curses came upon the Israelites because they departed from the law. And that's that's another important point. They think that we all need to get back up under the law, be circumcised, keep all the feast days, the Sabbath days. I want to get into that. Yes. yes, sir. And because we violated those laws, the curse came upon us. We were subjected to Esau through the transatlantic slave trade. And actually, there are either, even other points throughout history where they, they, they can point out in their thinking that Esau had its uh, uh, way with the Israelites. Right. Okay. As a matter of fact, King Herod, who was the king during the time of Christ, he was a Idumenian, which was an Edomite. Yeah. And so they believe that was a part of it, too. They were Esau reigned over them. Okay. And this was all a part of the curse that came upon Israel for their disobedience. So, so let's talk about the, okay. So this idea that we have to get back to the law. Yes. Right. So, so Paul wrote that <laughs> it was fulfilled, <laughs> right. but, but we have to go back to it. Tell me, we, we know that that's what they believe. So, so now I want to really deal with the Christian side of, why we don't need to do that. And, and, and I'm going to say this, I've, I'm not going to get specific because especially I don't want, when I, when I wanted to have this conversation, I wanted to be respectful and I didn't want anyone to feel like it was about them. Right. right. Yes. But I've seen a lot of things from friends on Facebook and, and different things like that. And I'm seeing people get back to some very interesting traditions. And, and one of the things with me that I'll say is that, when people try to pick and choose what they're going to get back into, it's a very tough thing to go like reverse to me because it's like, bro, <laughs> you going to stop wearing J's. Like <laughs> it's hard to go all the way back. Like don't use the cell phone. Right. But, but tell me why for, for anyone who's out there struggling and thinking I'm about to get back to the law. Why is it unnecessary? Well, great question. Number one, we have to understand that salvation was completely wrought through Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection from the grave. Amen. That's so important because what happens is they start to measure their righteousness based on carrying out these outward activities, which is problematic. Paul said in Galatians that if you rebuild the things which God has destroyed, you make yourself a transgressor. Christ died because we did not keep the law. Man. He fulfilled it. Those laws pointed to Christ. What happens is when you decide to go back to the law, you're turning your back, in essence, to Christ and what he did in the finished work on Calvary. Wow. So, God's people, what we have to realize is that as believers, we are to exalt and lift up Christ. Yes. Not demote him. Right. And we got to realize, like, let, let's be real. One thing I know is that I'm not God. Right. <laughs> that, that's what I know for sure. Right. I, 
I done made too many mistakes in just one life <laughs> for me to be God. You get what I mean? Right. I need salvation. Yes. Through Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, here's, here's something I want to say that may even be challenging for people to hear. As a believer, you have to decide what you believe. Yes. And, and I genuinely think the reason I'm saying is I think that some of us try to play both sides of the fence because we're scared to believe. Yes, sir. We're scared because we're looking at the tangible things. And, and sometimes that's what the law does. The law allows you to say, okay, if I did that and this means I'm good, I can see that happening. Right. Regeneration in Christ, when you're saved, part of the problem for some of us is there's no lights, cameras, there's no lightning. And man, I bet if when we got saved, if God made it thunder in, 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 the, in the heavens and the earth, <laughs> right. we would be okay. <laughs> right. Because some of us are seeking signs. Very We're good. seeking a tangible response to a spiritual situation. That's powerful. Yes, sir. Seeking a tangible. I'm going to use that, Doc. Seeking a <laughs> tangible response to a spiritual event. And that, that's so in, important. What happens then is we get accused of being lawless. So then they'll accuse us. Also, oh, you you can live any kind of way you want. And that's not what we're saying at all, because if we're truly filled now with the spirit, then the spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. You know, I've been married 25 years. I don't cheat on my wife. Amen. I don't I don't uh, go out and murder. I don't steal and because the spirit now I'm not controlled by the letter of the law. Amen. It's the spirit of God that's leading me into all righteousness. And we have to realize, listen to what what we're saying. We're, we're not talking about lawlessness. Go do what you want to do. No, no. By no means are we saying that. Right. But but what I'm saying is that, hey, you lighting that candle over there. Right. You just lit a candle, bro. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's all that happened. Right. That, that ain't going to save you. Thank you. Salvation is through Christ Jesus. Yes. We are to strive to live righteous before him. And here's one of the big things I want to say is we can't save ourselves. Amen. And I, and I think sometimes what we're trying to do is we're literally trying to say, God, Jesus, what you did on the cross, because he went to the cross. That's historical. Yes, sir. What you did on the cross, ah, that was cute, but it wasn't enough to save me from what I'm dealing with. Right. So I need to go pour this apple juice over on this goat head, (laughs) and now I feel better. And so we have to be careful when we're thinking that these things are going to save us. So- what I want to do is I want to give you the last couple of minutes. I, and I know, like, I, I can just anticipate that someone's going to say, well, y'all didn't talk about this or y'all didn't talk about that. I, I said it from the get go. This is one of those topics. You might have to come back four more times. It's, it's impossible <laughs> to try to capture everything in one setting. But I want to give you a few minutes for anything generally that you might want to say or something we missed or something that you think is important and take your time. But I want to give you the last word. Well, thank you, Brother Jay. And I appreciate, again, the opportunity to be able to talk on this subject. And as Brother Jay pointed out earlier, we aren't here to condemn or try to overly dogmatically attack anyone. Amen. This is because we have a love for people. And as, as Jay said, he has some people in his family. I've got some people in my family, friends, people that I sincerely love. Yeah. And we want people in the truth. What we want you to understand, as was already stated, is that salvation comes through Christ and Christ alone. Period. Amen. The law has been fulfilled in Christ. In Christ, it's been completely fulfilled. You cannot earn righteousness by your outward actions. Whenever you seek to do that, you devalue the finished work of Christ on Calvary's cross, which is the danger of the Hebrew Israelite culture. You're taking away from the finished work of Christ 
The sacrifices pointed to Christ. Circumcision is now of the heart, not after the flesh. All of the feast days and the ceremonies, those things pointed to Jesus Christ. And so to get caught back up in those things would be in essence taking Christ down off of the cross saying, we know what you did, Jesus, but we need to follow these guidelines still. Moses himself in Deuteronomy chapter number 18 said, God is going to raise up a prophet from among your brethren like unto us. He said, when he gets here, listen to him. My encouragement to you today, those that are listening, is Christ Jesus has come. And he's come to do that, which none of us were capable of doing. And that is fulfill every aspect of the law. And thank God for that. That was his grace and that was his mercy. In doing so, when he died and was resurrected from the grave, those of us that place faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness before the law, before circumcision, if you would trust in Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ will save you. That's the gospel message. That's what we hope that all those that are hearing would take home with them. Thank you so much and God bless you. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky, there ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love, we swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface, it's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.